3: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: We got to get the big voice as a part of the open to say, and what Pete Najarian will eat at the fair. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> I love it all, man.
0: <laughs> We're getting calls and texts on it uh, at the City's One Plumbing doc and Text Line. Uh, someone, uh, we had gotten one just at the end of the last hour, uh, Pete. Someone had said, Bill is Bill Benson, Benson from Wilmer, said, My wife ran the 4-H stand at the Big Stone County Fair for several years. The first thing she put on the grill at 6 a.m. was the onions. Uh-huh. Got to get that, smell.
2: Oh, it's, that it's smell. It's a good
0: yeah. smell. It's a good smell. Good morning uh, to you both, gentlemen. Good morning to all of you uh, listening to us out there. I am live at Target Field right now, which is why you're hearing that music behind me. Twins taking on the Guardians today. One ten, excuse me. One ten is the first pitch. Uh, Joe Ryan going for your Minnesota Twins today. It is a gorgeous day here at the ballpark. Uh, I mean, you just you can't beat it. It's awesome. So. Uh, Pete, if you didn't, I'm sure you heard this week. I was was kind of looking a little bit, and I was interested to see where a gentleman, kid named Daniel Freitag, who is from Bloomington, uh, play very good basketball player, also good football player, decided he was going to Wisconsin this week. The Gophers were in his top whatever five. Uh, he ends up choosing Wisconsin. That's a huge land for them. And what bothers me a bit is that this is now of the top three, I guess, three players in the state. Um, they are not coming to the University of Minnesota. They're going elsewhere, including Wisconsin, right over the borders. And it, I'm not surprised because ultimately, it. it although there are other factors now which you've gone on about and said about, it, which I agree with, is the NIL, but Ultimately, this isn't a huge surprise considering what Minnesota did last year uh, with the season. And it makes me wonder now, though, if for Ben Johnson, if, this is, if his fate is essentially now no longer in his control. And, and what I mean by that is it's, it's kind of a chicken and egg, right? It's kind of a spiral. They, they chase each other. If you win, you get the recruits. If you get the recruits, you win. But if you lose and you don't get the recruits, then you lose and you don't get more recruits, mm-hmm. and so I'm a little concerned here, Pete, that the spiral that the program is in is going to be tough for him to get out of.
2: Yeah, I, I, I've said it before, and, and you know I love Ben. I think he he started out his career with the Gophers as a head coach. Uh, it, it went pretty well, but it hasn't since that time. I mean, it, early on things looked pretty good, but it's just not worked so far and and how long and how patient can you be Uh, you've only got a couple of of sports that are are the sports that are actually revenue sports and obviously it's football you've got hockey we're lucky enough to have hockey as well and then you've got basketball and the problem is you know people uh they get worn out and they get tired and they don't want to spend the money and they're not going to go to games and if that's the case that's an issue as well but just the recruiting process itself. Uh, when, when you've got the records that we've had, sitting basically in the basement of the Big Ten in basketball for a couple of years now, uh, you know, you can't blame a kid like yeah. Daniel or, or Jack Rubison or, or whoever. Uh, a lot of these players probably in the past would have at least considered Minnesota, I think, at a, at a much higher end. And I don't even know that the consideration is there. They get recruited, yeah, but are they really wanting to go and play there? And I think that's the problem. And I don't... You need the right personality to come in here, the right recruiter to come in here who can execute on the full recruiting. It's not just about getting guys to come visit. It's about getting guys to sign, right? And and I think that's the problem is we're not getting those guys. I know NIL is another factor as well. It that is. We could it pile is. on top of this whole thing. So there's a lot going on here, Dave, that, that, that makes it very disturbing. But all you've got to do is look at our, our schedule last year and you start at January 3rd and you look down and you see – Loss, 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 loss. We had three yeah. wins from January third through the rest of the season. Or I think yeah. it's four. Maybe it's four. So it's uh, either way. That's not good. Uh, and and it's something that we we have to make a change. And it's you know I hate to say that. And I and I very much like Ben, but if I were the athletic director, I absolutely know where I would attack. I would go to get the right uh, coach who can still recruit and maybe seal the deal here at the University of Minnesota. Yeah.
0: Well, and he's entering. I believe this is going to be his third season. Uh, mm-hmm. Lindsey Whalen got three seasons, and Mark Coyle made a change, and so it's certainly mm-hmm. this is not outside the realm of possibility that that this could be his last season. We should. It is important to note that they did get Elijah Hawkins, Marcus Fuller, and we had him on a couple of weeks ago uh, to talk Gophers. Mentioned that mm-hmm. he was here. They do get him, who is a um, he's guard from Howard, uh, very highly sought after for the most part. They get him in the portal, but what I don't understand is why the the way the nil is pete why can't we win that battle why can't we be the nil leaders is it is it is it a
2: we're in minnesota is that what it is i mean is it simple as that that's just not what we do here i think that there hasn't uh i know that they've tried dave they they really have and and i've i've actually looked into this very deeply and um there, there is a lot of guys behind the scenes that are working on this, trying to get it better for football, for basketball, for all the sports. Quite frankly, men and women. Um, but, the, but the problem is, you know, Minnesota is a different breed, and and you know, I, I, I've seen it myself in a lot of different other uh, parts of life or whatever. But it it is something where it's not that Minnesotans are cheap. It's they want to get the money back that they're you know something for the money that they've contributed. Yeah, and and unfortunately. Um, we are not getting the kind of money that you see everywhere else. Uh, you know, well, you and I were just going through the list of some of the schools that are dominating in this whole thing. And, and it's, it's the, the schools where they've got that alumni that is willing to pay. Now they were, they were the same alumni probably that were paying before NIL. And, and now, <laughs> now that NIL well, is clean. That. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I mean, that's always, yeah that's, that's not something I haven't heard. That's long been the thought uh, that, that, and, and going back to, you know, Tubby Smith when he was here was someone that didn't necessarily want to deal with all that either. Um, wow. and I've heard that before, that, that some schools are willing to play that game and others aren't. And but at some point you're gonna have to decide what you wanna be if you're the gopher yeah. program. Do you wanna be wholesome little Minnesota and to get well you know, and, and get a couple of nice big wins and do some, you know, maybe go on a run with the team here and there? Or do you want to be a player? Do you want to be a perennial powerhouse? And I think the only reason, the only way to do that, Pete, you got to pay. That's what college sports has become. I don't like it, but I think that's the only
2: fact. Yeah, that's a huge, and it's a huge factor that goes into it. Because let's be honest, you're you're a kid from southern Minnesota, you know, small farm town or something like that. Whatever it might be. Yeah. And you're getting recruited by both Iowa and Minnesota, but Iowa's got more NIL money, and they're willing to you know, disperse it around a little bit better. Uh, It's a, it's not that hard of a decision then, right? I mean, you like both schools, you like coaches, you like this, you like that academically, everything else is sort of matching up. Let's just say, but you know, that is a factor, a a guy who's getting some money. I I know of a a Minnesota kid who, who plays in the big 10 basketball, who actually is making a really nice living mm. being a basketball player at, at, in the Big Ten outside of the state of Minnesota? So, you know, how often does he go to class? Well, <laughs> can I ask? <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, I wouldn't. This young man actually does go to class. Well, he's good. Going, he's good. doing all that. He's going to get his degree and everything. But, um, you know, th- that that's even another factor. It's like, okay, so now I get a degree from a- Indiana or Illinois or Wisconsin or whatever Iowa. Um, it's 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 a degree that maybe maybe let's just say that we think Minnesota's degree looks better and maybe it does. But you know what? Is it that much you know better or yeah. worse if, if the kid actually walks away with a half a million dollars at the end of his four years? I, I, I don't know. That seems like it's pretty enticing.
0: I'm probably not waking up for an 8 a.m. class if I'm making a million dollars. I'm just going to be honest.
2: you got to be eligible.
0: Pro- <laughs> that's true. I, maybe I'll go to two or three a week. That's, that's, a, yeah, that's, not, that's a problem that I would have lo- loved to have had, but did not. All right. Yeah, right. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back on the other side of this. We will switch our gaze over to the Minnesota Vikings. Alec Lewis from The Athletic is going to join us to talk about and give us what's the next chapter. In the ever growing saga of As Dalvin Cook Turns. We'll find out that with Alec Lewis coming up next. Welcome back to the huddle. 11 21 on this Sunday morning. I Had to close the windows here uh, at Target <laughs> Field because they were just cranking the music. So I get less atmosphere, but mainly I get less smells of Kramarchucks, which really <laughs> is the huge tragedy because it was smelling really good. Uh, latest with the Vikings now with alec lewis joining us uh from the athletic alec lewis joining us on the john schuster coldwell banker hotline alec good to have you this morning good morning to you uh it seems as if on a hourly basis we get closer and closer to what in the world is going to happen with dalvin cook it seems to me like it's unlikely he could even be traded at this point uh he's this is pretty much a foregone conclusion isn't it he'll be gone soon
4: uh, first thanks for having me guys uh yeah. yeah i mean i think so i don't know you say on an hourly basis it gets closer like i don't i don't really know if that's true like <laughs> i was talking with an an executive of another team late this week and i was like what what, what have you heard and he said nothing so i don't like i think there's a lot of like from the outside there was like oh june 1st this is going to be the date yeah. this date the vikings could save more money uh in a trade or what have you but like to kind of to your point, like the reality has always been, if they're going to trade Dalvin Cook, it's not going to be easy to find another team that's just willing to take on that money that the Vikings don't want to pay. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think at some especially point, especially if the they can release future,
0: him and then you can pick him up then, right?
4: Correct. Correct. Yeah. So it's, I think it's a lot of posturing obviously between teams that would be interested. And, and, um, I, I do think at some point in the near future we'll get a resolution. I, I, like, I, I think I would put the percentage that he's not here very, very high. But, I mean, in reality, if if Dalvin Cook and his camp were to be honest with the situation, which I don't know if they really have over the course of the entire thing, and said, look, we love Minnesota, and we'd love to take a pay cut to stay here like Harrison Smith did, I, I think that could be an option in terms of, like, if that, that could have been an option probably throughout the process. It just seems like um, at this point, yeah, we're kind of turning to a uh, – uh, Divorce between the two
2: <laughs> Alec a, a quick question about just the the running back room for the Minnesota Vikings obviously they 've got the new contract with alexander madison he 's getting in his fifth year he hasn 't had a lot of game time relatively speaking because of the fact that dalvin 's so adaggon good, but tell me about that 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 side of the ball right now because dwayne mcbride is he a guy that we can look at as a sleeper that really is something special? Or I know he's a seventh round draft pick, and he's a kid that we, we got out of Birmingham, your old place uh, <laughs> where yeah. you're from, but he yeah. averaged seven yards a, g- a carry. The kid's an absolute freak show, but is he going to be that on the next level? Can he be an NFL running back that is one of the top tier running backs? I
4: think it's possible, but definitely not early. I mean, I think, I mean, you started with Alexander Madison, and that's where I would start just in terms of. Where are the Vikings going to be placed in the carries that, that that they would lose in the absence of Dalvin Cook? It starts, I think, and kind of ends with Alexander Madison, who, I mean, if you look at some of the advanced metrics, like, he, he seems to be as efficient as Dalvin. He obviously, obviously, obviously does not have the home run hitting capability or the experience. So, um, yeah, I, I think Alexander Madison would be a guy. Right now at OTAs, you've seen them – the Vikings kind of alternate um, Ty Chandler, who they drafted last year with the number ones, and Kane K- 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 Nwangwu returns kicks also with the ones. So it seems like kind of those two guys are, are vying a little bit for that kind of backup job. And and then back to Dwayne McBride, like, to your point, but you're exactly right. I mean, the, you look at what he did in college and some of the explosive uh, like you turn on the tape, I, I don't know how to describe it other than like you turn on the tape mm. and he looks like he's playing against like little kids. And you're like, okay, yeah. these are college athletes at Tulsa that he's like throwing around like he's like in a UFC octagon. It doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> um, but the reality is uh, he's dealing with the hamstring thing right now, so he really hasn't practiced. And then I just think uh, coming from UAB where their offense just did not put really anything on the running back other than run the football, I, I think there's going to be a pretty major learning curve and transition, so it's hard for me to just sit here right now and be like, uh, yeah, Dwayne McBride's going to step in and be that home run hitting kind of guy. Now, I, I, mm-hmm. I think if he's healthy in training camp and he's, and he's competing in training camp, like fans out there will probably see him and be like, who the hell is that guy? Like yeah. I, I think that will happen. That mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me at all.
0: Alec Lewis from The Athletic joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline this morning. Uh, Alec, is this situation with Dalvin Cook more because of the, the financial investment that they have towards him and it's not worth it? Or is it more of a... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. minimum of 4 lines for
0: $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com elemental shift in thinking for this franchise that it, like a lot of the NFL it's a passing league we know that it's a passing league they draft a, a, a wide receiver in the first round this year they have Justin Jefferson is this a shift? I mean, are we seeing this now with the Vikings that this is more of they're they're catching up with the rest of the league in terms of the passing game?
4: In some ways, yeah, like kind of, I, I I think though, like if Dalvin Cook's salary and cap number <laughs> were half, like I think he would definitely be on the team, and they yeah. would trust him to. To really perform like I, I just think at 28 years he's, he's gonna turn 28 and with the production that he had last year which varies like you look at certain numbers and you can probably spin it however you want to spin it but um i think the viking it, 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 it's hard for me to say that it's just a shift to catching up with the passing league knowing how much kevin o'connell and the viking staff has talked about wanting to run the football more effectively right. all off season. like if i if I'm talking about, like, what is this staff, and Kevin O'Connell specifically talked about most this off season, it's probably, like, running the football more efficiently. And that's because I think this team and Kevin believes that, like, if we can get into third and three where we're not forcing Kirk Cousins to drop back and forcing the interior of the offensive line to hold up, then I think they, they feel like they can – Move the ball down the field more efficiently, and 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 probably not go three and out as often as they did. So it's kind of a rambling answer for me, but I think mostly, honestly, <laughs> with the Dalvin situation, it's just a money uh, production mismatch. And, and I and and I, I I mean I guess kind of tangentially, yes, the league has turned it to where you're not paying running backs um, that much. So yeah.
2: Alec, a, a quick question still on Dalvin, just because it's so interesting and this thing has been playing out for a really long time, but I recklessly said earlier, although I think it's a possibility, uh, the Chicago bears have the most cap space of anybody in the NFL right now, $32 million. They don't have a running. I mean, I, I realize Deontay Foreman. Okay. Is he any, even anything close to Dalvin cook? I would say absolutely not. So When I look at that team and you've got Justin Fields, you've got all these young guys, you've got a good offensive line. They went out and signed all these free agents on the defensive side of the ball. This is going to be a different Bears team than we've seen. Can he fit there? And is that even a possibility, do you think? Or is that just craziness? Well,
4: I think crazy enough has has shown us that (laughs) when it comes to trading within division, uh, he doesn't seem quite afraid as long as it's going to return him what he wants it to return. I will say... Like, I, I'm not totally sure if Dalvin would want to be there. And I do think the Vikings, and they've talked about this publicly, but they're, they they want to do right by him in the sense that, like, what wh- – I mean, I think they just they, – they they respect him for what he's done on the field here. And, and um, I just think over time it's like if, if he wants to play in Miami where he's from or if he wants to play in Buffalo with his brother, I think that would – those two spots would probably make more sense to me. Those have been thrown out there. I, I mean, I do know the Miami one uh, is, I, I, I definitely know that that one exists in terms of a possibility, but um, yeah, I don't, Chicago is interesting. That would uh, it'd be fun to, I mean, fun for me. I don't know for Viking fans, um, <laughs> that would be very fun, but uh, yeah, no, it'd be interesting for sure. I just, I haven't heard anything substantive to that, uh, but it may, I mean, from the cap, Perspective. It's a really important part of this that, like, I think again, I kind of touched on earlier. But like, for a team that's trading for Dalvin, they have to be able to have the cap room to take him on. And there are a lot of teams that you're like, man, they kind of could use a running. Back. I mean, like, people mentioned the Dallas Cowboys and certain teams that that could use a running back. Um, but they, again, they have to have that cap room, and then they also probably have to work with Dalvin's camp to restructure his deal to add years and, and shift money around so there's a lot to work through it's not just like okay fifth round pick trade like fantasy football style it's just it's, it's complex for sure
0: <laughs> alec lewis thanks very much hey i have one, one quick one for you um i have not gotten a chance to see him yet jordan addison how has he looked uh granted it's rookies it's with younger guys but what are you seeing out of him how does he look in the offense
4: yeah, so we saw him one day in rookie minicamp. Okay. We were out there one day for rookie minicamp, and he—I he, mean—he looked very like like you would expect, like very fluid. I think the way I described it was, you know how like you go to a young, you go to like a your kids game, and like there's that one kid on the court who just looks a little more natural than everybody yes. else, and like yes. that's how he kind of looked like that just out on the field in rookie minicamp. Um, wasn't going up against guys, and then we've been out there for two OTAs practices in the past two weeks and he has not participated. He's been out there, but he has not participated. Um, He's dealing with something. I think that popped up late in minicamp. The team has not really specified other than Kevin O'Connell saying it's not serious. They're being overly cautious. So um, we shall see. We'll be out there this week again on Tuesday. Be interested to see if he's performing then. And then mandatory mini camps, June 13th and 14th. And that's, It'll be a very interesting time in terms of, like, the Daniel Hunter, the Justin Jefferson, and then if if Addison's competing then. So um, it's probably too early to make any assessment other than he looks fluid. He also is – his stature is what it is. So, um, yeah, looking forward to just kind of seeing where that goes.
0: Will Justin Jefferson be there? I mean, is Mm -hmm. is it being made more of that he didn't – that he's not there for for these uh, optional workouts? Anything in your mind?
4: No, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do much for me that he's not here. I mean, I, I just, I, uh, I don't, they are voluntary. um, And, and so, yeah, I, I would expect him to be at mandatory minicamp. Now I will say like, if he is not, then that's where I think you, you can be like, interesting. So he, he, he's probably trying to his way into a long-term record-breaking contract which as i've said and this is me pontificating he's done everything in his power to prove that he is deserving of that so um, yeah we'll see but to me until june 13th comes and he's not out there it's hard for me to uh, really do much say, say much <laughs> or, or freak out about it
0: fair enough fair enough uh, alec lewis from the athletic thanks so much for joining us this morning man good to talk to you and uh, have fun uh at uh, more otas this week
4: indeed thank you guys always fun always enjoy it appreciate it Thanks, you guys.
0: appreciate you, you can, thank you thank you you can read his stuff in the athletics always good got some great stuff uh going on uh, throughout these uh, next few mini camps and before the mandatory workouts come we'll take a quick break come back on the other side uh, you are listening to the huddle on 830 WCCO. welcome back to the huddle By the way, if you missed any of our first hour today, you can always get it on podcast wherever you get your podcast or on the free Odyssey app. Had some fun conversation, including but not limited to all of the things we eat at the ballpark. I am live here uh, at Target Field this morning as the Twins get ready to take on the Cleveland Guardians at 110. We'll lead you up to noontime today when Inside Twins picks it up from there. They have... CEO and President Dave St. Peter on today. He's going to talk about the the television situation, a lot happening with that this week as well, so it should be some very interesting conversation. Pete, the NBA Finals and NHL Stanley Cup Finals currently taking place. Game two of the NBA Finals is tonight. Uh, Vegas beat Florida last night in the first game of the Stanley Cup. Uh, NBA... Boy, you know, I'd love, I'd love to wish that it was a little bit better of a game, but, but Denver pretty much did exactly what we thought they were going to do, which is mm-hmm. just run all over Miami. Uh, our, our best buddy Nikola Jokic uh, had what he had triple double, I think, in game one. Again, uh, they couldn't stop. Him. Yeah, another one. They couldn't <laughs> stop him. Jimmy Butler took his team to an escape room yesterday to try to get them, uh, get their mind off of things i don't see i I mean they'll pull a game i think but i don't really i don't see any way denver doesn't win this
2: well and you you know basically when we talk about the denver nuggets and what they've been able to do uh you know we go right back to our own timberwolves right i mean it's it's one of those things that we've talked about a couple times but yeah they they have denver has dominated everybody that they've been put in front of them and Jokic. Should have been the MVP for the third time. He wasn't as disappointing, I thought, because everything that that guy has done, both in the regular season and in the postseason, quite frankly, he's you know he's got eight triple doubles in the postseason. That's yeah. pretty impressive, the most ever. I mean, you know that's that's a real number. <laughs> and, you know, and, and and a and a baller always steps up to the plate, right? I mean, the guys, the the Michael Jordans of the world, and I'm not putting him in that category, but I'm just saying. The guys who are the ballers are the guys who show up. And during the regular season, you know, Jokic was a 24-point guy. Now he's a 30-point guy. The other night, you know, he's had 13 rebounds. He's got 10 assists. I mean, everything he does is amazing. His passing. I mean, it's unbelievable to watch how he does what he does because he's not really a great athlete. He's not a guy who really (laughs) – he doesn't move. He's not quick. He's not any of those things. But – when you look at the whole package, he's he's the most dominant guy right now in the NBA, and it's he is. it's incredible to watch. He shot sixty seven percent from the field, fifty percent from three point land in game one. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who really has stepped it up and, and is is the unicorn right now? Um, it's amazing. And meanwhile, Jimmy Butler, unfortunately, and I like Jimmy Butler. I've been yeah. I've been on the bandwagon about what he's been able to do in these playoffs, the the entire run but he did not show up the other night. He was terrible. He had 38 minutes and the guy could he, he couldn't score. I mean, it was that was a major problem. So, uh, you know, that that's one of the things they're dealing with and I I have heard guys compare Jokic now to a combination of Larry Bird and Wilt Chamberlain, which is wow. not a bad not a bad group to be, you know, you're kind no, of a combination of those it two. It might guys. be just slightly
0: early to make that uh Comparison yet maybe. <laughs> I mean, I see where the, we are obsessed with comparing people in our society. I get yeah, that. Right. Uh, but but interesting, um, interesting comparison. A part of the finals is always when the commissioner Adam Silver makes kind of a state of the state address, which he did on Friday. He was asked about, and we've talked about this at length on this show about John ja Morant, uh, and and he said he was going to wait until after the finals to make. A, any sort of suspension for him, this is a really, there is, there, this is a tough one to unpack. This yeah. is There's a very fine line because he has not been charged with anything, which is interesting. Yeah. He was not charged with anything in Colorado. He was not charged with anything in, in Tennessee. Uh, and so <laughs> what do you do? You know, how, how how do you suspend a guy? And I don't know what their contracts look like. Maybe Pete, you might have a better uh, thought about this than I do, because it certainly seems to me like this could be a violate some sort of conduct or morality clause, which most sports contracts do have. But there's an issue here, and it's they call it he Adam Silver calls it a a gun safety issue. I I think it's a different issue on this, which is it's a safety of John Morant issue. This young man who has been gifted with an incredible talent is making the wrong decisions and or being surrounded by people who make the wrong decisions, and it's going to come to a head. It's only a matter of time. You can only walk this tightrope for so long before something really, really bad happens or to someone else and involve him. So what is the league's role? Is it their job to protect simply their brand and investment, or is it their job to protect their players as well? I would say it's both, and I would say the only way to do that is to really get through to this kid, and it's got to be a lengthy suspension. But he hasn't been charged anything legally, so it's a slippery slope.
2: It is, but I, I think you do have to separate yourself from what's illegal and what is, you know, something that you want represented by your league, right? I mean I've I've been critical of Adam Silver for being soft on just about everything. And I and I'll continue to say it because I I honestly believe he has he's he's got some of the responsibility here of what what he 's allowed to happen, including the load management, including other things. but specifically in this case, I mean you 've got to protect your brand, you want to protect the players you want to have a special conduct that even if they 're not finding it to be something that 's illegal it's still something that I think as a as an organization, do you really want this and i'll and i 'll throw this out at you. Mm-hmm. How about this, Dave? If it's not Ja Morant, but it's somebody else within the NBA who's not a superstar. Yes. He's just one of the players. Yes. Is the is he treated exactly like this where they're just looking past it? And my answer would be no friggin' way. No. <laughs> You're a hundred
0: percent right. Yeah. And we've seen it with, with this league and
2: other leagues when yeah. a
0: play you know, a group even even as much as when a group of players do things, but mm-hmm. some of them get penalized more than others. Mm-hmm. Um and, and that's that's the landscape of sports and that's the landscape of of life sadly. Uh but I I agree with you. If this was a sixth man off the bench, um if this was a nas Reed or, mm-hmm. you know, something someone like that, it would be a it would be a completely different story, but they have now on their hands someone who is a young and up up and comer i mean not even up and comer he's in he's a star in the league mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. lots of eyeballs on him and lots of kids who watch him and lots of other adults who and he makes an impression on and so this is a very critical point for them to to make a change mm-hmm. and if you don't set the line here then where will it stop <laughs> and that that's the thing it, if yeah. If you don't come down hard on him now with him, where does it go t- till you have that they've finally done too much? Till till someone has done so much that it say, okay, yep, you have to be suspended. Right. And I I think we've reached it. He mm-hmm. knew what his what his options were. He, it was very well laid out for Jean Morant what the repercussions were going to be of doing this again, and he, it was eight weeks later. He didn't even wait that long. It's not like it was a year that he even showed. But they have to come down hard on him, if not for the brand, for this young man's future, because he's going to hurt himself for somebody else.
2: Well, and the, the the one positive that I could spin out of this is he's 23 years old. Yes. He's young. I'm not giving that as an excuse. But all I'm saying by, by saying that is um, – they need to suspend them. They should have suspended them already. I mean, there's already been, you know, a couple different incidents and, and they, they've just kind of, uh, you know, brushed it to the side and continued on. And, and that's what Adam Silver and the NBA has been doing for a lot of different, you know, of these very difficult decisions that are out there. And that's, you know, I'm not saying it's easy, but you've got to come down because there will be some problem. And, and this is not the first time. And it's, so if they gave them a long suspension, and obviously, within that, there's there's financial things and everything mm-hmm. else that are, that's tied up in that. But I think the reality is, at, at least that sends a message out to the rest of the NBA. Yeah. And he's a guy at 23 years old; he's got plenty of basketball left in him. If he, you know, if he can do the right thing and not, you know, carry himself the way he has of late, because. Uh, you know, that is what the NBA is is going to be about is he is now a visual guy that that is representing as one of the top players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He represents the NBA and it's it's a real problem. And I think Adam Silver really does have to step up
0: game two of that series, uh, the NBA finals tonight, Denver and Miami uh, this evening. We'll take a quick break, come back and we will wrap uh, things up here on the huddle, we'll be back. You're listening to eight three oh on WCCO. Welcome back to the huddle. Eleven fifty three. We're taking you up to the top of the hour when Inside Twins takes over. Dave St. Peter, the guest today. Then pregame after that. Twins first pitch this afternoon against the Guardians is set for one ten. Should be a great game this afternoon. Uh, Pete, uh, I was watching the Stanley Cup Finals last night. Vegas beating Florida in game one in Vegas. What a crazy atmosphere it was on Vegas. Place was just rocking. I would love – I was having a conversation with my son. He goes, oh, we got to root for Vegas, right? And I said, no, I'm not rooting for Vegas. One, I love an underdog story. I love what the Florida Panthers have done, although I think they will lose to Vegas in the series. I love what Florida's done. And, and two, I – the whole expansion and, and what they got to come into the league and then Seattle as well th- there's some issues there that are that are going to need to be discussed at some point as to when you know these teams come in and they get these massive budgets to work with of course they're going to be successful immediately hmm. which is which is why I'm uh, not rooting for Vegas <laughs> and then i was reading this morning uh, just some other nhl news and notes that we talked about Gary Bettman kind of giving his state of the state They're still really banging the drum to try to get uh, and keep the Coyotes in Arizona. And Mm. for the life of me, I can't figure out why. I I don't understand this. They don't want a stadium. (laughs) They don't want a team there. The ticket sales have shown this. I get that it's in a big media market. And I understand that that Salt Lake City, which is probably one of the the biggest options, uh, Houston is as well, Mm -hmm. is not as sexy, so to speak as a market, the size of, of Arizona, but they don't want the team there. So move it. I I don't, I am perplexed as to why Gary Bettman so badly wants to keep a team in Phoenix. It's not a hockey market. It's just not.
2: It doesn't make sense. Other than the fact that he's trying to bank on, like you said, the size of the market and a lot of Midwesterners who do go there and, and that's their home or whatever, but it's, Kind of shown that they are not really embracing it. So why wouldn't you? I mean, I, 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 for the life of me, I'm not really sure why it's not either in Salt Lake or in Houston. And I still think Houston would be an unbelievably perfect spot for hockey. Uh, they, you and I have talked about it before. Yeah. I mean, they've they've had it in the past. They've, they, you know, as as far as uh, some of the different clubs that have been down there and they've done well and they do well with all the other sports. I mean, they've they've had an, an incredible run down there. So there's a reason why you know there are teams that that return to where they actually yeah. pulled them and that's a, that's what's happened there so it's it's a bit surprising to me i'll tell you what that las vegas team you know it was a, it was 500 million when they when yes. they started <laughs> and now they're estimated at something well over a billion they had 18,000 Holy people going cow. crazy the other night i've been there for a, for a hockey game it's spectacular really, it really i is. have not i've wanted <laughs> oh. to
0: oh, so they're it's... valued now at over a billion dollars yes yep what yep. is the next closest? And off the top of your head, do you know what the next closest NHL team is in terms of valuation?
2: Well, and they're just using valuation, and that's right. always something that's kind of yeah. If you go to New York, you're you're pushing towards two. <laughs> really? So, yeah. There are there are a couple other teams that you know you have to look at the Rangers and and some of these teams where um, who knows? We know what it last traded for, but that's yeah. not really something you're going to go off of because it's just too long ago. But Uh, By the way, before we go, I do want to have a shout out for two things. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the hockey league doing the not the hockey league, the track and field, letting those shot putters throw for the girls this past week was phenomenal. They needed to do it. They did the right thing. And it's just one of those things where every once in a while, things are not really done the way, the right way. They did it the right way. And they allowed those girls to participate. Awesome. Inside Twins coming
0: up next for you. That's it for us today. If you missed any of today's show, you can always listen to the podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Gentlemen, have a great week. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you next Sunday.
3: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact.